The following program has been paid for by the Apostolic Faith Church. From the heart of the Pacific, in Honolulu, Hawaii. Church presents the Kingdom of God Crusade. Join us now for another hour of worship with Pastor Han, the church choir, and the band. We hope and pray that you'll find this next hour of blessing. Good morning. I'm Head Pastor Billy Hahn Jr. and I would like to thank you for joining us today. We would like to welcome you to the Kingdom of God Crusade telecast being brought to you every Sunday morning, not only here in Hawaii from 8 to 9 a.m., but also in parts of California from 6 to 7 a.m. on station XDTV channel 13 in San Diego, from 6 to 7 a.m. on station KPSC channel 13 in Palm Springs. From 7 to 8 a.m. on station KBTV Channel 8 and Comcast Channel 238 in Sacramento, including Chico and Fresno. From 6 to 7 a.m. on station KBVU-TV Channel 28 in Eureka. From 7 to 8 a.m. on station KVME Channel 20 in Los Angeles, San Bernardino. From 8 to 9 a.m. on station KOTR-TV Channel 11 in Monterey. From 6 to 7 a.m. on station KECY, Channel 9 in El Central California and Yuma, Arizona. From 6 to 7 a.m. on station KLSR, Channel 34 in Eugene, Oregon. From 5 to 6 a.m. on station KZJO, Channel 22 in Seattle, Washington. From 6 to 7 a.m. on station KUCW, Channel 30 of Ogden, Salt Lake City, Utah, and parts of Nevada and Wyoming and from 7 to 8 a.m. on Time Warner Cable Channel 503 in New York City. If you would like more information on our church and view our Kingdom of God Crusade telecast in its entirety, be sure to visit our website at JesusComingSoon.org. The Apostolic Faith Church, located at 1043 Middle Street, is the headquarters of the gospel of the Kingdom of God for the whole world with the sign of the roof of the temple, Jesus Coming Soon a landmark in Cali for 97 years, and our prayer tower, the first of its kind in Hawaii, dedicated exclusively for prayer. The church was founded by the late Charles and Ada B. Lockbaum on August the 4th, 1923, and passed on to our late chief pastor, William M. Hansen, in 1959, who continued the gospel to its fullness. We hope and pray that this telecast will draw you closer to our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, and be a real blessing to you, our television audience, saints wherever you are, and the shut-ins, that is those of you in the hospitals and convalescent and homes. And should you need prayer or someone to pray over you, please don't hesitate to call the phone number designated at the conclusion of the telecast. 
The church choir, under the direction of Emilia Hahn, will start off today's telecast with a wonderful song entitled, Where Could I Go But To The Lord? They will be accompanied by Edith Matsuki on the piano and Rose Bohako Carter on the organ. The Lord provides a sweet refuge where we can lay all of our burdens and cares of this world. He is our comfort in times of trouble. As the words to the song goes, seeking a refuge for my soul, needing a friend to save me in the end, where could I go but to the Lord? The church band, under the direction of yours truly, will play the song entitled, Do Lord. Yes, TV viewers, the Lord is our light and salvation. He is our great burden bearer who can make the crooked pathways straight and turn all of our tests and trials into glorious victories. Anywhere with Jesus, we can safely go. <laughs> Thank you. 
Han will give the Lord all the praises and glory, singing the spirit-inspiring song, He's Still Working on Me. During her background, music will be Christy Han on the piano, Chelsea Associate Bass at Mitch Brooks Sr., Mason Asano Sr. on the guitars, Associate Bass Marvin Abing on the bass, and Iris Locke on the drums. Yes, viewers, our Lord and Savior is the potter, and we are the clay. With his patient and loving hands, he is guiding and molding us into what he wants us to be. As we let the Lord have his way in our daily lives, he will make a way to victory. The church choir will now perform their final number for the day entitled, The Shelter of His Wings. We praise and thank the Lord that He is our protector who will hide us beneath the shelter of His wings. We have found a place of safety and a shelter in the time of storm. Here beside our Lord and Savior, beneath the shelter of His wings. Our Lord is our refuge beneath the shelter of His wings.
And now, Josie Sociopaths and Rinsbrook Senior will perform a selection of the guitar entitled, Shall We Gather at the River? You will be accompanied by yours truly on the piano. Jesus is the sweetest name I know. He is our Alpha and Omega, the first and the last. He is the soon coming bridegroom who will take us out of this sin-cursed world to the sweet by and by. The daughters of Judah will now blend their voices to the uplifting song entitled, Only by the Blood. We worship our Lord and Savior in spirit and in truth in the beauty of holiness. As we put the Lord first in our daily lives, He causes our souls to rejoice in all that we do for Him. We must cling to the rock, Christ Jesus, and surely He will give us the strength to stand fast and keep faith until He returns in clouds of glory for His very own. At this time, it is with great pleasure to dedicate this beautiful song to a dear couple in Christ who is none other than Associate Pastor Ivan and Debbie Spotcalf. May the Lord continue to strengthen and pour forth His bountiful blessings upon you as you put your shoulders to the gospel work, serving Him the beauty of holiness. The Lord is smiling down upon you this day for your labor of love you give to Him. We pray that you will have a wonderful Sunday. Thank you. 
Praise the Lord and good morning, everyone. I'm Associate Pastor Melvin Honda, and I'd like to repeat our television time, stations, and locations in the continental United States for our viewing audience, especially if any of you plan to visit or reside in California, that these telecasts can now be viewed every Sunday morning from 6 to 7 a.m. on station XDTV channel 13 in San Diego, from 6 to 7 a.m. on station KPSC channel 13 in Palm Springs, from 7 to 8 a.m. on station KBTV channel 8 and Comcast channel 238 in Sacramento, including Chico and Fresno. From 6 to 7 a.m. on station KBVU-TV channel 28 in Eureka. From 7 to 8 a.m. on station KVME channel 20 in Los Angeles, San Bernardino. From 8 to 9 a.m. on station KOTR-TV channel 11 in Monterey. From 6 to 7 a.m. on station KECY Channel 9 in El Centro, California and Yuma, Arizona. From 6 to 7 a.m. on station KLSR Channel 34 in Eugene, Oregon. From 5 to 6 a.m. on station KZJO Channel 22 in Seattle, Washington. From 6 to 7 a.m. on station KUCW Channel 30 of Ogden, Salt Lake City, Utah and parts of Nevada and Wyoming from 7 to 8 a.m. on Time Warner Cable 503 in New York City. If you'd like to know more about our gospel work and view our Kingdom of God Crusade telecast in its entirety, please visit our website on JesusComingSoon.org. And now, concerning the schedule of gospel services here in our home state, Hawaii, services are held at the temple every Tuesday and Friday at 7 p.m. On Sunday, gospel services start at 10 a.m. and divine healing services at 7 p.m. Sunday school for all ages begin at 9 a.m. and prayer services are held daily in the prayer tower at 2 p.m. except on Fridays at 10 a.m. At Okamiki Branch Church located at 1361 Palolo Avenue, gospel services are held on Sundays and Wednesdays at 7 p.m. The same schedule is observed by Neighbor Island Branch Churches as services are also conducted by Pastor Reginald V. Castanera Sr. in Kanakakai, Molokai, by Pastor Kenneth M. Alverio in Lahaina, Maui, by Pastor Walter I. Tin Loy in Hilo, Hawaii, by Pastor Leonard K. Y. Asano Sr. in Koloa, Kauai, by Pastor Hannibal Espera in Baloga, Pikawayan, and by Pastor Vesper Espera in President Rojas, Cotobato, Mindanao, Philippines. You are welcome to attend these services regardless of church affiliations. There are no collections. However, if you desire to voluntarily contribute to support these telecasts and the Lord's work, you may do so by sending your donations to the address designated at the conclusion of the telecast. And now I'd like to return our program back to Head Pastor Billy Hahn Jr., who will bring forth his spirit-directed and spirit-inspired sermon. Pastor Billy? Thank you, Melvin. What a glorious day to read the Word of God with you as I present my sermon entitled, Praying Under Pressure, generated and inspired by God's Holy Spirit. Have you ever sought help to overcome some monumental problems and not found that help? Have you needed guidance and direction to do right in the eyes of God, that is, to live a life above sin? In these time of peril, have you wished for that special protection to sustain you, whether in or out of the house of God? Well, look no further. The answers to these questions are within your reach and are found in the gospel of the kingdom of God. Join us in this weekly telecast, and I'm sure the solutions will unfold before you. Today, 
we hear a great deal about pressure, stress, depression, and anxiety. Many preachers speak with authority and say, I have the answers. The only one who has the answers to all our problems is our Lord Jesus Christ. He tells us in Matthew 6, 31 to 34, the only cure for anxiety is to trust in the Father's care. Therefore, take no thought saying, what shall we eat? Or what shall we drink? Or wherewithal shall we be clothed? For after all these things do the Gentiles seek. For your heavenly Father knoweth that ye have need of all these things, but seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. Take therefore no thought for the morrow, for the morrow shall take thought for the things of itself. Sufficient unto the day is the evil thereof. In other words, seek first the spiritual things and the material things will follow. There is no question about it. We are facing pressures on every side in our work and in our world. There's little we can do to avoid the pressures we face. But as football coach said, when things going gets tough, when the going gets tough, the tough gets going. Learning how to pray, even under extreme pressure, is a vital part of living out our commitment to Jesus Christ. The Lord taught our disciples a model prayer when they said, Lord, teach us to pray. We read in Matthew 6, verses 9 to 13. After this manner, therefore, pray ye, our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Proper prayer should begin with worship. Put the interests of God above the interests of mankind and be happy in that which is His will. Prayer should ask for daily needs and seek the forgiveness of sins and victory over temptations. It would be well for us to remember today that we should approach the Father on church ground. That is through the Lord Jesus Christ and recognize that our standing is in him and we have no merit of our own. And with thanksgiving upon our lips and in our hearts, acknowledge his bountiful blessings to us in spiritual and material benefits. We have to yield to God's guidance and faithfully obey his word. Jesus said, without me, you can do nothing. Praying under pressure requires we be clear-minded and self-controlled so that we may overcome the problems and pressures that would control us. Satan would like to put all of us in a dark tunnel 
where we are miserable and ineffective as true born-again believers. Listen to 1 Peter 5, 7-8. Casting all your care upon him, for he careth for you. Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary the devil as a roaring lion walketh about, seeking whom he may devour. Someone said, only God can remove mountains, but faith and prayer can move God. We read in Matthew 17, verses 20 to 21. Jesus said unto them, Because of your unbelief, for verily I say unto you, If ye have faith as a grain of mustard seed, ye shall say unto this mountain, Remove hence to yonder place, and it shall remove, and nothing shall be impossible unto you. Howbeit, this kind goeth not out but by prayer and fasting. Why is it hard to pray under pressure? The pressure of life causes us to believe in our weaknesses and shortcomings. Therefore, many church-going people pray very little. No wonder so many churches are spiritually dead. Victory is gone and the joy is lost. We have to see it to it that no one misses the grace of God. God renews his grace to us every day as we need it. Thus, let us fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. We read in Hebrews 12, verses 1 to 2. Wherefore, seeing we also are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which doth so easily beset us, and let us run with patience the race that is set before us, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. The cloud of witnesses represents the heroes of faith enumerated in the 11th chapter of Hebrews and all those who have gone on before whose faith was in God's word. We should lay aside every weight as the weight adds to our difficulty of progress. The weights are not necessarily external. They are first of all in the heart. The moment the thing holds a place in the heart and mind, which is not in God's purpose, it becomes a weight or sin no matter what it is. And the result is soon obvious. We all have a besetting sin, like a close-fitting mantle or garment that clings to the body and impedes its progress and freedom of motion. Yes, we are all running a race. Each step of the course has been marked for us. It's not how you start, but how you finish. Not once saved, always saved, but he that endures unto the end shall be saved. 1 Corinthians 15, 58 reads, Therefore, my beloved brethren, be steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, for as much as ye know that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. Some people keep looking at the promised land, but never seem to enter it. The time is now if we hope to make it and turn our lives around. Why should we pray to God when under life's pressure? No matter what the pressures, we should keep on praying. 
God is the king of the universe. As we find in Psalms 24, verses 7 to 8, lift up your heads, O ye gates, and be lift up ye everlasting doors, and the king of glory shall come in. Who is this king of glory? The Lord, strong and mighty. The Lord, mighty in battle. This means all our problems and burdens are in his hands. Yes, he has the whole world in his hands. God is righteous and he cannot sin against us. God never lets us down. He tells us, I will never leave thee nor forsake thee. Listen to Hebrews 13, 6, so that we may boldly say, the Lord is my helper and I will not fear what man shall do unto me. God is everywhere. As you find in Psalms chapter 139, verses 7 through 10 and 14, whither shall I go from thy spirit? Or whither shall I flee from thy presence? If I ascend up into heaven, thou art there. If I make my bed in hell, behold, thou art there. If I take the wings of the morning and dwell in the uttermost parts of the sea, even there shall thy hand lead me and thy right hand shall hold me. I will praise thee, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Marvelous are thy works, and that my soul knoweth right well. These verses show us that God is omnipresent. He is everywhere. Such knowledge is too wonderful for us. We cannot understand it. God is all-powerful. Did he not say, all power is given unto me in heaven and in earth? Let's take the case of Job. Satan smote him with painful balls from the sole of his feet unto his head. Even his wife told him, curse God and die. But he admonished her. We read Job chapter 2, verse 10. Thou speakest as one of the foolish women speaketh. What? Shall we receive good at the hand of God, and shall we not receive evil? In all this did not Job sin with his lips. However, he was inclined to be self-righteous. And God had to put him through a fiery test. Finally, he came to himself. Read Job 42, verse 6. Wherefore, I abhor myself and repent in dust and ashes. The answer to the problem, why do the righteous suffer, is found here. Suffering is required to correct and purify the righteous, not to punish them for sins. Job was godly and possessed a wonderful faith, which his afflictions could not shake. In other words, he was really under pressure, but he never gave up. He hung on, but he was not humble enough and was inclined to be self-righteous. When brought into the presence of God, he realized his sinfulness, judged himself, and opened the door to restored happiness and greater fruitfulness. All true born-again believers have the same problem, which is solved in the same way. Job was vindicated, honored, and doubly blessed. He had more in the end than in the beginning. Reading Job, chapter 42, verse 16 to 17. After this, Job lived, uh, lived Job in 140 years and saw his sons and his sons' sons, even four generations. So Job died being old and full of days. In this too, Job was repaid twofold, having twice the usual span of life as you read in Psalms 90, 10. The days of our years are three score years and ten. And if by reason of strength there be four score years, yet is there strength, labor, and sorrow. For it is soon cut off and we fly away. 
Therefore, let us ask God to teach us to number our days that we may apply our hearts into wisdom. We can all praise and thank Jesus for all the precious of life because then we know we are truly the sons and daughters of God. Our eyes have been enlightened and now we can see the hope of his calling and the riches of his inheritance. Thank God for the inheritance that comes to the gospel of the kingdom of God. At the church of Caesarea, while Peter preached Jesus to Gentiles, the Holy Ghost fell on all that heard the word. A baptism will follow immediately as you read in Acts 10, 47-48. Can any man forbid water that these should not be baptized, which have received the Holy Ghost as well as we? And he commands them to be baptized in the name of the Lord. After all, the Holy Ghost will not save anyone, but the name of Jesus will. It was Jesus who shed his blood on the cross for the sins of the world. And only in the name of Jesus can one receive remission of sins. He is the only saved for this lost and dying world. Thus we see the church at Philippi, the church at Corinth, the church at Ephesus, and the church at Galatia were baptized into Christ. As you read in Galatians 3.27, For as many of you as have been baptized into Christ have put on Christ. The Colossians were buried with him in baptism too. This is Colossians 2.12. Buried with him in baptism, wherein also ye are risen with him through the faith of the general operation of God, who hath raised him from the dead. Reading John 3.5. Verily, verily, I sent thee, verily, verily, I sent to thee, except a man be born of water and of the spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. What does it mean to be born of water? To be born of water is to be immersed in water and in the name of Jesus Christ. According to Acts 2.38, repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins, and ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. To be born of the Spirit is to speak in an unknown tongue or language which is the only verification of receiving the baptism of the Holy Ghost. It was baptism in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, without exception. Why is the name of Jesus so important? Because Acts 4.12 declares, Neither is there salvation in any other, for there is none other name under heaven given among men, whereby we must be saved. It is a name which is above every name in heaven and in earth and of whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named. Naturally, there is a question by many today regarding the scripture, Matthew 28, 19. Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost. The truth is, there is not one record of an apostle who baptized a convert, repeating the words in Matthew 28, 19. The name must be mentioned to fulfill all righteousness. Father, Son, and Holy Ghost are merely titles. There is no promise of remission of sins or the promise of the Holy Ghost or the gift of healing in Matthew 28, 19. The word name is in the singular, not plural. And his name is Jesus. As you read in Colossians chapter 2, verse 9, For in him dwelleth all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Ghost dwelleth in Christ Jesus. There are three manifestations, but only one God. As you read in John 
1 John 5, 7, for there are three that bear record in heaven, the Father, the Word, and the Holy Ghost. And these three are one. Now let's refocus upon our message, praying under pressure. The Lord tells us not to focus on our problems. Our God is larger than our problems. Don't think negatively, think positively. God is a God of miracles. Therefore, let's not give up. Here's some timely advice for our viewers. Pray your way out of, from pressure. Be willing to confess your faults and take responsibility for your actions. Fellowship is having the right attitude about sin. Listen to 1 John chapter 1, verse 8 to 10. If we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. If we say that we have not sinned, we make Him a liar, and His word is not in us. We cannot say that we have no sin. Only Jesus Christ can say that. The more we are aware of our own impurities and sinfulness, we are able to see that God is light. God is faithful to His promises and to His people, and at the same time, He is just in forgiving sin because the penalty was met at Calvary. The effectual prayer of a righteous man availeth much. Forget the past. Stop digging up your old faults up and just let go. As Paul tells us in Philippians 3, 13 to 14, Brethren, I count not myself to have apprehended, but this one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forth unto those things which are before, I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. And what might be the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus? The number one prize is to be the bride of Christ and to be in that number of the 144,000 which will be caught up to meet the Lord in the air. The trump of God will sound. The dead in Christ shall rise first, and we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air, and so shall we ever be with the Lord. Don't ever look back. Someone might be gaining on you. Remember Lot's wife? She looked back and turned into a pillar of salt. It's wonderful to come to the end of the way. After going through much pressure, depression, and anxiety, God has assured us of salvation and eternal life. On the other hand, the saddest thing to occur on earth will be when one comes to that hour without Jesus and without hope. When Paul came to his hour after much pressure, he had such great assurance that he said to Timothy in 2 Timothy 4, 6, For I am now ready to be offered, and the time of my departure is at hand. He looked back over his life and remembered his experience with Jesus on that old dusty Damascus road. Listen to what he wrote in 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 12. For the which cause I also suffer these things. Nevertheless, I am not ashamed. For I know whom I have believed, and am persuaded that he is able to keep that which I have committed unto him against that day. Paul had committed himself to Christ years before, and he knew that he was now safe in the arms of Jesus. Yes, you can entrust your money to a bank, yet still lose it. You can entrust your friend with a secret, yet he can betray you. However, when you trust your soul to Jesus, it is safe forever. The joy of knowing Jesus is to believe upon him, 
who died for us that we may know the promise of eternal life. Paul knew Jesus, not as a historical person, but as a personal Savior, Master, and Lord. On that day when the light from heaven blinded him, he heard Jesus speaking directly to him. We read in Acts chapter 9, verses 4 to 6, And he fell to the earth, and he heard a voice saying unto him, Saul, Saul, why persecutest thou me? And he said, Who art thou, Lord? And the Lord said, I am Jesus, whom thou persecutest. It is hard for thee to kick against the pricks. And he, trembling and astonished, said, Lord, what wilt thou have me to do? And the Lord said unto him, Arise, and go into the city, and it shall be told thee what thou must do. From that time on, Paul came to know that indeed Jesus was the Son of God and the Savior of the world. And on that very day, Jesus became Paul's Savior. Persecutions of all kinds came. Paul had suffered the loss of all things. But the one great joy of his life was that he knew Christ. He tells us in Philippians 3.8, I count all things but loss for the excellency of the knowledge of Christ Jesus, my Lord, for whom I have suffered the loss of all things and do count them but dung that I may win Christ. And finally, how about the prayer of the Lord Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane? Speaking about an example of pure pressure, he was the role model. Reading John chapter 17, verse 1, these words spake Jesus and lifted up his eyes to heaven and said, Father, the hour is come. Glorify thy Son, that thy Son also may glorify thee. The Lord Jesus Christ asked for six petitions. First, that he might be glorified. Secondly, for the believer's safety, which you find in verse 11. And now I am no more in the world, but these are in the world, and I come to thee. Holy Father, keep through thine own name those whom thou hast given me, that they may be one as we are. Thirdly, for the believer's sanctification, that we find in verse 17, sanctify them through thy truth, thy word is truth. Fourth, for the believer's unity, in verse 21, that they all may be one, as thou, Father, art in me, and I in thee, that they also may be one in us, that the world may believe that thou hast sent me. As the psalmist tells us, behold, how good and how pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in unity. In unity, there is strength and victory. Fifthly, for the future believers, as found in verse 20, neither pray I for these alone, but, all, but for all them also which shall believe on me through their word. And finally, we read in verse 24, for the believers' future glory. Father, I will that they also whom thou hast given me be with me where I am, that they may behold my glory which thou hast given me, for thou lovest me before the foundation of the world. The Bible tells us that an angel from heaven came down to strengthen him while he was praying. And in agony, he prayed under pressure, and his sweat was as were great drops of blood falling to the ground. Jesus knew that he was about to go forth to die, but instead of asking for help and comfort, he spent those last hours in comforting his disciples. What a wonderful Savior. 
And if you would like to know more about God's Word, the church, and review the telecast presentation in its entirety, please visit our website at JesusComingSoon.org. Until our next telecast, this is your host, Head Pastor Billy Hahn Jr., expressing my sincerest appreciation to each of you who have allowed us to come into your homes. May the good Lord bless and keep you all in the hollow of His hands. And now here's our church band to conclude today's telecast with the song, Bring Them In.
The preceding program was paid for by the Apostolic Faith Church.